culture to politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. A great day despite the fact that a, a great new poll, not so great, shows that people overwhelmingly believe that the United States of America is in terrible shape. Uh, there are major takeaways from that poll. We'll talk about it. If you believe that it is wrong somehow to blame Joe Biden and his administration for the state of the country, then uh, let, let me know. And then if you don't blame the Biden administration, which has a majority in the House and has a, a working majority in the Senate, based upon the vote of Kamala Harris, the outstanding vice president. I mean, if you can't blame the Biden administration for the state of the country, who do you blame? Who's responsible? Why is the country so messed up as most people believe? 1-800-955-1776. I'd be fascinated to take your calls because it seems to me that I, I don't even understand given the disillusionment that people have about what is going on in America right now, how the Biden administration even makes a case or makes a case for democratic governance. Are you going to blame Joe Manchin for the state of the country? I mean, he's the new boogeyman right now for people on the left. Uh, are you going to blame, uh, I don't know, Prince Harry? Why Prince Harry? He just made an idiotic statement in a keynote address at the U.N. Boy, there's a, a combination that you just got to love. Prince Harry, who has always struck me as an unbelievably shallow, ill-informed, uh, pathetic jerk who had the, uh, the good fortune of uh, having a fairly distinguished family background. I'm not talking about necessarily his late mother, uh, who a lot of people consider to be a secular saint. But uh, we'll get to what Prince Harry had to say in a little while. We'll also get to Marco Rubio's new proposal. It's a, a bill mandating that men pay child support from the moment of conception. Really? Uh, is that going to have a lot of support from uh, women and from men? Uh, we will get to that. Uh, also a question, do Democrats value abortion above the Constitution? Some details about what happened in that Indiana shooting yesterday where three people were killed, three people plus the killer, and the killer was killed by an incredibly resourceful and uh, capable and intrepid 22-year-old who was wearing a shorts and a T-shirt, was with his girlfriend, and uh, not, not only stopped the killer from shooting, but actually chased him for a while before he took him down. And uh, we will get to that as well on the Medved Show. We'll also be speaking to uh, somebody on the ground and a, uh, a veteran Republican conservative. Of course, there aren't too many active Democrats in Wyoming. It's the most Republican state out there right now, a state where President Trump got 70 percent of the vote. But uh, Susan Chapin Stubson, who's going to be joining us, just wrote a piece about the last stand of Liz Cheney 
and says it's possible Liz Cheney could actually win that primary where she's, according to the polls, so decisively behind. Well, how would she do it? We will get to that as well with uh, Susan Stubson coming up on The Michael Medved Show. Okay, first off, information on this new CNN poll about what Americans believe about the state of our country right now. This is clip eight. Similar things going in the country today, only 21% say things are going well. I want to put that in some historical context for you. 21% is the low point. This goes back, in fact, off this chart, Jake. You have to go back to 2009 to find a time when the American electorate uh, was this dissatisfied with the way things were going in the country. And when we ask specifically about economic conditions, and we say, can you rate the economic conditions today? Look at this number. 82% of respondents in this poll say economic conditions in America are poor. Only 18% say that economic conditions are good. Okay, uh, that's either good or fair. I mean, poor, 82%? This is uh, fairly remarkable. By the way, happy anniversary. There's a flashback from one year ago where uh, President Biden was reassuring people about economic worries and inflation at that time. This is clip 14. We also know that as our economy has come roaring back, we've seen some price increases. Some folks have raised worries that this could be a sign of persistent inflation. But that's not our view. Our experts believe, and the data shows, that most of the price increases we've seen are, were expected and are expected to be temporary. Uh, okay, and have they been temporary? The consumer price index spiked to 9.1% in June, and it's been at or above 5% for 14 straight months. That does not sound like wildly temporary. Uh, Gerard Baker makes, I think, a terrific point in his column today in the Wall Street Journal. The uh, title is, Has Biden Lost It? This goes to the whole idea that the problem for Joe Biden is that he's just not the man he used to be. And uh, the headline here says, Has Biden Lost It? No, he never had it. And Baker writes in the Wall Street Journal, Democrats aren't suddenly alarmed by the discovery of unexpected evidence that the president is too old for the job. They're alarmed by the discovery of an entirely predictable evidence that he is too inept for the job. It's not his advanced age that has Democrats worried. It's his advancing unpopularity. You can guarantee that if Mr. Biden had an approval rating that was closer to his years of age, 79, than his months in office, 18, would be hearing endless stories of his physical fitness and mental acuity. The unfortunate reality for the rest of us, as well as for Democrats, is that at nearly 80, Mr. Biden is as fit now to be president as he has ever been. Like the old man in Lewis Carroll's fantasy in Alice in Wonderland, uh, Mr. Biden hasn't lost his capacities. He never had them. His long political career before the presidency was remarkable for its unremarkability. It is a pretty good indicator of the quality of your political judgment 
when most of the memorable things you did in your career, you have subsequently repudiated. Pro-life votes in the 1970s, later the 1991 Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill showdown, then the 1994 crime bill, the 1996 welfare reform, support for the Iraq war in 2002. His previous abortive presidential campaigns, abortive, hmm, yes, they were aborted. Uh, the previous abortive presidential campaigns were fittingly forgettable way stations on this long march to mediocrity. You know, but Baker writes so well, uh, talking about Biden on a long march to mediocrity. Good phrase. First in 1988 in youthful middle age, then in 2008 when he was old enough for Medicare, his party soundly replaced him, yet uh, rejected him. Yet fate gave him one last chance of success, one priceless opportunity to get it all right. In 2020, events conspired in unlikely ways to produce probably the only circumstance in which Mr. Biden might prevail. After four years of politics on the verge of a nervous breakdown, the country was plunged into a public health and economic crisis of almost unprecedented severity. So how are we doing in crawling out of it? Well, the market's was up today how is that working and if someone else is to blame other than the biden administration who is it we'll be right back and on the michael medved show when you read the polling and you hear how the overwhelming majority of Americans, and again, it's now over 80% believe the country is headed in the wrong direction, it's on the wrong path, it's a disaster. It's, it's easy to see why most of those people say the country's doing poorly. It's because of the inflation that everybody feels. It's because of the economy. I was just talking with Jer uh, Jeremy, who knows somebody in his family, who's been looking for some um, major roof repairs, right? Roofing. And you have to schedule three, four months in advance because there, there's a labor shortage going on. Now, you might think, oh, well, that's a good thing. Well, it's not a good thing if you can't, get work done that you need if you can't operate your company. By the way, there's there's more about Starbucks, which has closed 16 uh, shops, Starbucks shops, not because they haven't been doing business. They've been doing fine business. People like their lattes, right? But the reason they've closed down is because there's no safety. And they feel responsible. Howard Schultz, who I think is basically a good guy, does not want the feeling of being responsible for people getting mugged, beaten up, being in the way of robberies and bad behavior. And they've closed down these facilities, including five in Seattle, just because of the rising crime and violence, which is a big part of everything. Is uh, one of the reasons that so many people uh, on on are completely at a loss about the direction of the country and, and worried about how we, we're going forward? Is abortion an issue as far as that's concerned? 
Well, Cory Bush, a um, member of Congress, uh, just tweeted, I introduced legislation yesterday and today to protect reproductive freedom. Today, my colleagues and I put our bodies on the line because we will leave no stone unturned in our fight for justice. How many cliches can you use in one little tweet like that? Really? Uh, put our bodies on the line, leave no stone, untur- no stone unturned. Here's what it sounded like when they rallied in front of the Supreme Court. It's unclear what exactly they want the Supreme Court to do. But here's the, uh, here's the, the powerful message by these inspiring leaders. Listen. Okay, the tuba there is not something we put in. That's something they put in. Um, Part of this thrilling demonstration, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and other members of the far-left group uh, were escorted away from the Supreme Court Tuesday afternoon during this protest. In several videos posted on Twitter, Ocasio-Cortez can be seen with her hands behind her back being held by police officers who appear to be escorting her away from a protest in front of the Supreme Court. Okay, it turns out that at least uh, Ilhan Omar, is that right? Ilhan Omar was holding up her hands as if they were handcuffed, but they weren't. Uh, This is handcuff envy. Now, all of this, it's not just uh, far-left Congress people in front of the Supreme Court. It says, what do we want? Justice? If we don't get it, shut it down? They, they want the Supreme Court to just shut down? Is that, is that it? Uh, Prince Harry, who is not, to the very best of my knowledge, even an honorary American citizen, uh, he uh, delivered the keynote address at the U.N. on Nelson Mandela Day, did you know that it was Nelson Mandela Day? And this is uh, what the, what is he? He's fourth or fifth in line to the throne, uh, which is actually, no, I don't think, because n- now he, he has nephews who are ahead of him uh, on the throne. And anyway, here's Prince Harry delivering the inspiring keynote address, ripping... Uh, the nation in which he now lives. Uh, Listen. This has been a painful year in a painful decade. We're living through a pandemic that continues to ravage communities in every corner of the globe. Climate change wreaking havoc on our planet, with the most vulnerable suffering most of all. The few weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. And from the horrific war in Ukraine, to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States, we are witnessing a global assault on democracy and freedom, the cause of Mandela's life. Okay, uh, we are witnessing a global assault. By the way, I think that's true. I think there is a global assault on democracy and freedom. It is led by Russia, China, and other rogue nations. 
But to say that there have been constitutional rights rolled back here in the United States and to compare this to other disasters in, in the world, it's, uh, it's, it's just bizarre. And it raises the question, do uh, Democrats value abortion more than the actual Constitution? And uh, this is a piece that actually appeared. It's a good piece in Real Clear Politics. And it's uh, by a newspaper man, a retired editor of the Daily Interlake in Kalispell, Montana, columnist for Real Clear Politics. His name is Frank Meal. And he talks about Mike Pence. They, there have been reports that Mike Pence wanted the Republicans to push a federal rule, uh, basically eliminating all right to abortion everywhere. And impacting California and New York and the state of Washington, all the liberal states as well. And he says, it's not true. What actually Mike Pence said on his Twitter account was this. He said, having been given this second chance for life, we must not rest and must not relent until the sanctity of life is restored to the center of American law in every state in the land. In other words, he was imploring his fellow citizens, writes Meal, not to be satisfied with abortion bans in Republican states, but to fight in every state to convince legislators that the life of the unborn is precious, has real value, is worth defending. Is that so outrageous to say? No, because it's the completely different approach and the right approach doing it state by state. That is what Dobbs set up. It does not mean that you're going to have one rule fits all that is imposed from above. Why is that important and why is that so important to our Constitution? We'll get to that and more coming up on the Medved Show. is a lot of craziness in our politics. I mean, really, there is. Extraordinarily extreme statements and positions on both sides. It's why I appreciate it when there's something that, that is written, and it's very clear what side this is on. This is on the side of the Supreme Court of the United States and in support of the Dobbs decision, but it's a smart and uh, reasonable uh, explanation. And again, it's by Frank uh, Meal, who has a new book. And in fact, uh, I'm interested in the book. We should get him on to talk about it. The book is called What Matters Most, God, Country, Family, and Friends, which uh, that sounds like a sensible enumeration of what matters most. But Frank Meal writes about this, about what the Constitution actually says. And uh, unfortunately, President Biden and the Democrats, he writes, don't understand that basic principle that, um, uh, that the appropriate battlefield for talking about abortion regulation is not the Congress of the United States, certainly isn't the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court never should have gotten uh, involved. 
And basically, the justices in their opinions, all of them, including the majority opinion by Alito, basically made that point that this was basically an area in which courts should not have the final decision. He says the appropriate battlefield for the post-Dobbs debate is going to every state and trying to convince legislators to take your point of view about abortion. Because if, as liberals have been telling us for the last 50 years, abortion is a health issue, then the federal government has no business writing laws about it. Unfortunately, President Biden, he writes, and the Democrats don't understand that basic principle. Biden has gone so far as to demand that Congress enshrine the principles of Roe v. Wade, which are murky in the first place, by passing federal legislation to protect abortion rights nationwide. Uh, he, President Biden said, I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade into law, and the way to do that is to make sure Congress votes to do that. That's what um, President Biden said in Spain the end of June. And... But Congress has no such ability, writes of Frank Meal, no such power, actually. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution enumerates the powers of Congress. They are remarkably straightforward and they are limited. Raise taxes, sure. Borrow money, regulate international commerce and commerce among the states. Establish a process for naturalizing citizens. Coin money and punish counterfeiters. Establish post offices establish copyright and trademark laws, establish lower courts, regulate pirates, declare war, raise armies and a navy, provide for calling forth a militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections, <clears throat> and repel invasions, and create and maintain a small district that shall be the seat of government. In essence, that's it. And yet somehow now the Congress of the United States has the power to establish a massive bureaucracy to sell and regulate health insurance. And he goes on. He says, abortion is a perfect illustration of how the courts, Congress, and the executive branch have all conspired to change without amendment the very nature of our country from a loose collection of states held together by the need for a common defense to a monolithic dictatorship. Regulation of health services such as abortion is reserved to the states, not to the federal bureaucracy. That's because the Constitution does not give Congress any authority on health issues. And the Tenth Amendment says that unenumerated rights are retained by the states and the people. Remember, he writes, before 1973, there was no constitutional right to have an abortion at all. That right was discovered by the Supreme Court in 1973 as part of a emanation of a penumbra of privacy that had been divined in the Constitution a few years earlier, actually in 1965, even though it had avoided discovery for the previous 175 years. In other words, there was a secret right that's looming there. You just have to dig and find it, right? Very well hidden. Now that Roe has been overturned, it doesn't mean that abortion has been outlawed, as some activists want you to believe. Rather, it simply returns the right to regulate abortion to the states where it had been handled before 1973. And by the way, where before 1973, there had already been more than 20 states that had legalized abortion. They were on their way. The, the decision was so unnecessary and so misleading. And yet, 
it leads to, well, it leads to Whoopi Goldberg uh, comparing uh, states in the country, oh, like Indiana or like Ohio, uh, so certainly not mentioned Texas and Florida, comparing them to Saudi Arabia. Uh, this is uh, Whoopi Goldberg on The View, clip nine. Since the prince is accused of approving the murder of Washington Post journalist Jamal Khashoggi, among other human rights violations. And I, I, it's so amazing to me because we, you know, we do this often. We say we're not going to talk to these people, we're not going to do it, and then suddenly you're having to figure out how you converse with them mm -hmm. because you've got to deal with them. But yeah. I just wanted to read something someone handed me, which was, unfortunately, sometimes you have to make decisions. That was me. I did just say that. Uh, he didn't have to go to Saudi Arabia, however, to find a country that's violating human rights or a country that's opposing women, because plenty of states that we live in are doing the same thing, remove protected rights from women, mm -hmm. disallowing them control over their bodies. Okay. Uh... They're removing protected rights from women. Is there another right that uh, Whoopi Goldberg feels is being withdrawn other than the right to uh, terminate a pregnancy? And, and, and even that right. In, in terms right now, it says one of the impacts of all the alarmism here is that even in states where there is going to be no change, zero zip, not a nothing, no change at all to the abortion laws, or it's very possible that people will follow the example of California and in New York and in Washington State and in other deep, deep blue states, they'll uh, actually expand the rights to abortion into and beyond the third beginning of the third trimester. This is where most people don't believe that abortion should be uh, allowed or empowered, except in cases, and this is very obvious, except in cases where the life and health of the mother is at stake. Uh, there's, uh, there's much more. Uh, Vice President Harris, inspiring words, as always. Brief words, though. 16. Freedom, liberty, and democracy are on the ballot this fall and we need to make sure that our voices are heard there is a midterm coming up in about i think it's 113 days maybe 112 days 112 days we're not going to be able to get these days back so each one of these days we must, with a sense of urgency, ensure that the American people know their, their vote matters. It is their voice that the right to vote is something that the leaders of this organization and its founders knew to be at the core of all of the other rights and freedoms to which we are entitled. Okay, uh, there is Vice President Harris uh, delivering... Uh, with her customary eloquence, a, um, a position on uh, where we're supposed to go with um, uh, defending freedom, liberty, and democracy, which are on the uh, ballot this fall. Well, there's a Republican who actually is uh, a pushing a bill that could be defined as anti-male. Why? 
Well, because it gives men obligations, new ones, from the time of conception. We'll get to that coming up on the MedVed Show. MedVed Show, uh, when it comes to the hysteria over the abortion issue, the, the worst part about it is on both sides c- completely demonizing uh, your opponent. Uh, and uh, again, does anyone really believe that uh, conservatives actually take a pro-life position, would like to restrict abortion and to block uh, abortions except in cases of health emergency uh, in the last trimester when there really is a baby in there and it's undeniable. And um, with all of that, Rosie O'Donnell, who has been, has anyone missed Rosie O'Donnell? Because uh, she's been a lot less visible. I think Roseanne Barr also has, uh, uh, both of them have uh, gone into some kind of witness protection program or something. But Rosie O'Donnell's back. She posted a video online and uh, talked about how she melted down a after seeing a pro-life protest. Listen, this is clip 15 we see this big group of people and they're like what are they protesting and i'm like i thought they were protesting the roe v wade decision but no they were pro roe v wade decision and they had photographs of you know aborted fetuses and they were screaming and yelling and every guy there was dressed like a proud boy with a big mask that went around his whole head and neck so you could only see his eyes and a baseball hat on and everyone that I made contact with, eye contact with, I said, they're upsetting. It's a war on women. That's what it is. The patriarchy. Yeah. We got to get together, women. November 8th. Vote blue, no matter who. Okay. Is it a war on women? Does does someone agree with her? If, if you do, call in, because I'd like to understand why. Especially given the fact that in the, the pro-life movement, the, the foot soldiers of the pro-life movement, the people who are most active, including the leaders in state after state after state, are women. And uh, the polling has shown, the recent polling actually shows it's changed a little bit. But prior to the Dobbs decision, the polling showed very consistently that more women consider themselves pro-life than uh, than men. And the idea that this is the patriarchy, that this is a, a war on women, well, I guess Marco Rubio is trying to address that. I'm not sure that this is going to be an appropriate piece of federal legislation. But uh, there's uh, a report that says that uh, Marco Rubio is sponsoring legislation that would require anyone whose sperm is used to fertilize an egg. And, and that doesn't mean that it has to be done in a laboratory. I mean, it could be done the old-fashioned way. Uh, anyone whose sperm is used to fertilize an egg should begin paying child support from the moment of conception among the mother's request. 
now how's how's that going to work out? First of all, moment of conception is not always the easiest thing to determine. And uh, is, are you going to pay more child support when the baby lives outside the womb? The uh, We should do everything we can to support American mothers and their children, said Senator Rubio in a statement. The uh, bill would allow, this bill would allow expecting mothers to prepare and support their babies uh, before they are born. The uh, bill itself makes a specific change to current federal regulations regarding child support. Under the proposed legislation, the government would require that states establish and enforce child support obligations of the biological father of an unborn child and subsequent to the birth of the child to the mother of such a child at the mother's request. Uh, for, for people generally who do not want to involve the government in more aspects of personal life, do, do I believe that it is important that guys have a responsibility for children they produce along with the woman? Of course it is. But um, then the question becomes, uh, in those states or in those situations where abortion is permitted, and that's the overwhelming majority of where people live in the United States, there is abortion that is legal under certain circumstances almost everywhere. And if that is the case then if the guy is going to be responsible from the moment of conception, does he have some say in the future of that baby from the moment of conception? And again, oh, that's part of the war on women, that that you want a guy. But doesn't it seem just logical and necessary that if you're going to impose a financial obligation on a guy from the moment of conception, that has to come together with uh, at least some discretion, some involvement in the future of that baby. Um, and, and again, people, babies grow up in all kinds of different ways. And there is this story, and this, <laughs> this may be a very powerful argument for red flag laws. Okay. A Connecticut man has been arrested and charged. The uh, Joshua Murray is the name of an individual who held the door for two women at a family dollar store in Connecticut on Saturday afternoon, this Saturday afternoon. He got upset, customers say, when the two women he was holding the door for didn't thank him for holding the door. He got really upset. A Murray, 25, is accused of brandishing a gun in his anger and pointing it at multiple customers. The uh, Hamden, Connecticut police officers, this is right outside New Haven, Connecticut, arrested Murray near the business, and they say he interfered with them while they took him into custody. He is charged with carrying a pistol without a permit. That's a felony in Connecticut, plus misdemeanor charges of interfering with an officer and two counts of second-degree 
breach of peace. No one was injured in the incident. Well, that that is good news. But doesn't that suggest that maybe this is not uh, an ideal person to have firearms of any kind? That's why red flag law. And again, if he's committed a felony involving firearms of holding a gun without a permit, well, then uh, probably the any red flag law would kick in. Concerning that shooting over the weekend, when a food court was closing, a shopping center was closing in Greenwood, Indiana, police identified the shooter Monday as a Jonathan Sapirman, a 20-year-old former warehouse worker with a juvenile record. Sapirman is accused of killing three people and injuring two others. Sunday at the Greenwood Park Mall south of Indianapolis. He brought with him to the mall two rifles and a pistol, opening fire with one of the rifles on a man outside a restroom and on the mall's food court, said Greenwood Police Chief Jim Eisen. He was then shot dead by an armed uh, shopper, uh, the police said. The shooter had a juvenile record that included fighting at school and as a runaway, police said. He recently resigned as a warehouse employee. Federal authorities are investigating the purchase of the weapons, Chief Eisen said. Records from a local firing range show the shooter had been going there regularly for two years. The shooter left one rifle in the restroom, emerged with a Sig Sauer assault-style rifle, and fired 24 rounds at a man outside the restroom and then into the foods court before Alicia Dickin, who had been shopping at the mall in shorts and a T-shirt, engaged the shooter with a 9 millimeter pistol he was carrying. The shooter tried to retreat into the West Room but slumped to the ground, mortally wounded. Sapirman had multiple magazines and over 100 rounds of ammunition. Uh, Mr. Dickin was lawfully carrying a gun, Chief Eisen said. Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb loosened the state's gun laws in March when he signed a permitless carry bill into law. More on that story and what it signifies. And uh, in terms of energy and energy in our politics, yes, and energy in our industrial system, we'll get to that and more in this greatest nation on God's green earth.